0: Yeah, I know I was doing that yesterday. Uh, Yeah, that was a a bad day to Christmas shop yesterday because I think uh, everybody else waited till yesterday too. Uh, I did some of mine online this year and uh, that didn't go very well. Uh, It seems like it never does when I do that because part of Christmas and giving gifts is the surprise, right? It's the surprise of it. And really the surprise is more for the giver. Than the receiver, well, my, nah, not necessarily. Christy gets on me all the time because she says I I don't like surprises. I, she'll hand me a a a present and I'll say, hmm, camo gloves, <laughs> and I open it up and it's camo gloves and that makes her <laughs> mad. <clears throat> but she loves surprises for gifts and. Uh, I have a hard time surprising her I thought this year I I was finally gonna do it I was finally gonna surprise her with the gift that she's wanted and uh, I was watching it on Amazon and and it kept saying if you order by such and if you order in two hours it'll be here on the 19th and I'm like nope I can't hide it that long and give it a couple days if you order within two hours it'll be here the you know the 22nd I'm like okay today's the day let's do that this was like back on the 15th I'm like okay let's do it today bye 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 send it send it to me well like two days goes by and and, uh, I we're sitting at the dinner table and Christy says "Uh, there's a there's a package on the front porch I'm like there is she's like it's a great big box I'm like there is she said it says US cutter on the side of it and I'm like (laughs) yep Merry Christmas (laughs) so kind of well it blew the surprise (laughs) and that's kind of the the fun of giving gifts is the surprise am i right and uh, you know i don't think god is any different than we are uh you know one of the reasons that we celebrate christmas is uh, is the birth of jesus christ and that's obvious the kids sang about it last week we've sung about it all morning this morning Uh, but did you know that why we give each other gifts this time of year now uh, how many of you have threatened your kids with taking away gifts? And we had that conversation in our house last night, but, uh, and the day before, and I think maybe the day before. But, you know, technically, that is not right. And uh, getting this message together yesterday, I think I might have to have a talk with Wade. But, uh, you know, holding that threat of gifts away, that's, that's not right because we, we don't receive gifts because we've been good, right? we don't receive gifts because we deserve it it's a gift uh, wages is what we get when we deserve something uh, you know on Friday if you work extra hard hopefully you'll get a big check and that's called your wages uh, well the bible says our the wages of sin is death so there's payday someday and uh, but but the gift of God well it's a gift it's it's not it's not wages it's not something we earn it's not even something we deserve so and Christy this morning in Sunday school taught about the Christmas tree we've got you know we we all put the Christmas tree and it has some pagan background in it don't let that slow you down but we we know that uh, the wood reminds us of the cross that Jesus Christ came and died on we we put the evergreens in our house because that reminds us of everlasting life and the shape of the Christmas tree it points us to heaven and we look and Would you looky back here? Oh, look at that! We got a gift back here. I wonder, wonder what that is. It's got a, it's got a card in it. To whosoever will. Oh, who's that? Whosoever—that's to anybody. But I found it, so finders keepers, right? to whosoever will from the god of all grace we preached about him last week didn't we? this is a christmas message i was fooling you guys well let's pray and then we'll open this thing up and see what's in here dear heavenly father we thank you for this time that you've given us this morning lord for this christmas season lord we're thankful that we can come to your house this morning and sing songs about the birth of jesus christ lord uh, to hear the blessing song that jesse sang us lord that Uh, that you stepped down off your throne and, and Lord, that you humbled yourself and came to earth. And, and Lord, not any God would do that. Not any Lord would do that. Not any king would do that but you. And then you gave us your son. And, Lord, we uh, thank you for that this morning. Lord, I pray that if there's someone in here this morning, Lord, that's not saved, that's lost, I pray that they would uh, get that settled today before it's eternally too late. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, help us preach about him this morning. And we love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the reasons that we give each other gifts this time of year is because, of course, Jesus Christ was a gift to you and I. And, uh, you know, I, isn't it always hard buying gifts? Isn't it always hard? It's like, man, I really want to get this, but I can't afford that. <laughs> or I really, what do they, or, or like with, with my parents, what do they, they have everything. And if they don't, they just go get it. it, it Everybody have those kind of people that are hard to get stuff for. You're like, what do I get them? What in the world? And uh, uh, like, then you want to get everybody, you know, something, right? It's like, I want to get everybody. I want to get everybody something, but there's only 12 months in a year to work, so I can't do that. And then it's like, well, I can make everybody something, but and, and well, there's only 12 months in the year to work, so I, it's it's, it's always that. Uh, what do you do? And then there are those people that are like, man, I get that'd be nice for them, but I don't like them that much. <laughs> but what, what is the most perfect gift of all time? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This bag has a gift in it that says to whosoever will, and that's to anybody. That's the gift that keeps on giving. That, there is one gift that keeps on giving. And just like this gift... I'm going to categorize this gift in one word, and I'm going to call this gift salvation. It's salvation. And just like any other gift, it's the surprise factor. And I think until we receive salvation, until we get saved, I don't think we have any earthly idea what is all in that bag. Am I right? We don't We don't have an idea. You know I, I've talked to people that have been, in church and played church for years and then they finally get saved and they say I see all I see what all the excitement was about and that's what gift giving is and that Christmas morning kids can't wait to wake you up at like who knows what time maybe go back to bed (laughs) because parents just get to bed at like two or three o'clock Christmas uh, night right or Christmas Eve more Christmas morning and then the kids wake you up at like five and make us some pancakes and don't burn the house down (laughs) so but uh the excitement and the surprise of it i you don't realize what it is until you receive until you get that package until you get that gift and you open it up and oh man alive there's all kinds of good stuff in here We, we don't even we don't ever think about that we receive it And then we get it. Let's let's look at our first verse. It's not in 1 Peter. It's John chapter 3, verse number 16, 17. The most famous verses used to be, I think now it's judge not lest you be judged, but these used to be the most famous verses. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave. He gave his only begotten son that, oh, there it is, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at that. that, That's the most perfect verse that wraps up Christianity. That's kind of why it's the most famous verse, because it tells us everything, that God loved us and gave us His only begotten Son. And then it goes on to say, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And that was the purpose that's the purpose of Christmas that is the purpose of the manger that's the purpose that's that's the purpose of this church that's why we're here we're here to celebrate the greatest gift of all time the most perfect gift and that gift is Jesus Christ and some of you ought to be smiling by now because if you're not you really need this gift this is the most valuable gift that we have ever received and so many times and so many people try to earn and work for that gift Ephesians chapter 2 verses number 8 and 9 says this, For by grace, oh there it is, we talked about this verse last week, For by grace are you saved through faith, it, what's the it? Well, I think we're going to find out this morning, is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's what salvation is. It's by grace and faith. And that's it alone. No works. And, it, and that verse even specifies not of works, lest any man should boast. We would, we would compare ourselves. We'd say, well, I'm a lot better than, do you mind to be my Evan this morning since he's working? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot better than Ed. I, I got to heaven because I'm a lot better guy than Ed. Or I, I go to church more often than Ed or whatever. No, that's not how it works. We're, we're, the, the foot of the cross is all level. We, none of us deserve salvation. Just like we can't, i got to have this talk with Wade today. Uh, we, we don't deserve gifts. None of us. None of us deserve gifts, really, do we? Why do we give people gifts? Because we love them. That's why we give people gifts, because we love them. Not because they expect it or because whatever you can, no, it's, be, it's because we love them. It's to show compassion. for. It's to show the value, the meaning, the importance, someone that we care about. That, that's why we give gifts. And I don't know why it just has to be at Christmas, I guess because that's when the commercials get us hooked and we all say, oh, I guess uh, that would be nice. <laughs> or the sales, the Black Friday, all that stuff. No, it's w- we can give gifts all year round. So you don't have to just wait till Christmas to get saved, but hey, this is Christmas service, so it would be a good time to get saved if you're not saved. Uh, so sometimes the surprise is in the gift, and I, I, I can't wait to open this up. This is going to be, let's, let's see what the first thing in here is. Why? Wow, it's Bible verses. What's Bible verses? What better? You know what? I bet one of the gifts God gives us is his word. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? I bet this Bible is one of the gifts that he gives us. But specifically when we get saved, now this is perfect. I, I was kind of, this is great that this one came out. The, the first gift out of the gift of bag of salvation is this, forgiveness. Forgiveness. How many of you could stand to be uh, forgiven? I, I know I can. Has anybody ever done something, uh, well, let's just call it out, stupid? Yeah? Uh, done something you wish you hadn't have done? Um, maybe we call it sin. Has anybody ever sinned? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we sin once, that will keep us out of heaven. So we need forgiveness. Acts chapter number 13 verse number 38 says, Be it known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. That's what Jesus Christ is. That's why we preach about Jesus Christ. That's why we come to church to celebrate Jesus Christ. Because through Jesus Christ comes forgiveness. And not just forgiveness like, okay, no, I mean genuine, true forgiveness like I'll forget it. I'll leave it behind. You're forgiven. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to his riches and grace. Remember what grace is? It's getting what we don't deserve. I don't deserve forgiveness. I've not done anything to be forgiven. I I, I can't obtain forgiveness any other way. And only through Jesus Christ. If 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 we could probe your mind and put it on this big screen TV, who would stand in line first? I think Tammy just volunteered. <laughs> of all the things in your life that you need forgiveness for, I, I'm out the door. I'm leaving. I'm the preacher, but I'm gone. <laughs> You're not hooking me up. Uh, forgiveness. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. Forgiveness. Isn't that exciting? we we got to hurry up. There's a whole bag of stuff in here. What else we got? What else we got? Oh, look at this. Cody, we're giving you the day off. Oh, reckon, reconciliation. Now, you're, now, don't think, oh, preacher, just trying to press us with these big words. No, they're Bible words. Reconciliation. Sometimes we got to look up the meaning, and I did that. <laughs> the act of reconciling two people together. Parties at variance. Renewal of the friendship after a disagreement. That's like husband and wife stuff right there, isn't it? reconciliation if you ever get in a dispute with somebody that's when reconciliation is needed even with friends Has anybody ever got into it with your friends when you got good friends you can get into it and then reconcile if they're not very good friends you get into it and there's never reconciliation but if you're good friends you can get into it and there's reconciliation oh do we need reconciliation with God I believe we need reconciliation with God. See, as we talked about last week, if you were here, God is holy, God is just, and he cannot be around sin, and he is sin, he is the enemy of sin. He is the enemy of Satan. Colossians chapter one, verse number twenty-one says, And you, that's me, and you, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now hath he reconciled 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse number 18 says that all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation Romans chapter 5 verse number 10 says for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life reconciliation we got that when we got saved when we received the gift of jesus christ we are no longer enemies of god you know if if i could pick an enemy i think the enemy i would pick would be like oh i don't know maybe a guy about yay tall um not real good at fighting maybe not real smart like that's the enemy i want right i'm like i want that enemy i don't want god as an enemy I don't want somebody that's wise, powerful, all-knowing. I don't want that enemy. He might have some dirt on me. Guess what? If you're lost, you're you're an enemy with God. But Jesus Christ brings us back together. It mends that relationship. What broke that relationship? Sin. (laughs) Sin broke that relationship. But only Jesus Christ can reconcile us to God. I bet there's some more good stuff in here. Oh, look at this. Look at this. We also got this gift of righteousness. That's kind of a weird word for some of us. What is righteousness? Righteousness is pure, clean, holy. That's righteousness. Now, here's the funny thing about righteousness. Those that will humble themselves know and understand that no righteousness dwells in them. But there are a few people (laughs) that think they are righteous, and that is termed self-righteous. And there are some self-righteous people out there. And what self-righteous says is this, is that, hmm, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good cat. I think, I'm, I think I'll be all right. Uh, Keith and I was talking a couple weeks ago. He gave, he gave me a quote, he's our quote guy. He sends me quotes. And I forget exactly what it is at the moment, but basically this. Some people fool themselves into thinking that they will escape judgment. In a gist. Sorry, Keith, I butchered it all up. But that is that is the fact that there are some people that are self-righteous and they think that they're good enough to get to heaven. Not the case. But we do need righteousness to get to heaven. And 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, He hath made him to be sin for us. Who's the him? That's Jesus Christ. That God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Whoa, whoa. So wait a minute. I have no righteousness, but yet Jesus Christ has only righteousness. So when God looks at me, he no longer looks at Steve Jackson. He looks at Jesus Christ and his righteousness. You know, the Bible says that my righteousnesses, the things that I think are good and neat and swell, are like filthy rags in the sight of a holy, righteous God but Jesus Christ's righteousness, because he extended his righteousness toward me. Romans chapter 10, verse number 10. Oh, listen to this. If if you want to know how to be saved, here's how it is. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's where it is. The way we obtain righteousness is by believing in Jesus Christ. That's the only way we'll be viewed as righteous in the eyes of a holy and just God. Oh, look at this! Man, this bag is still full. Whew. I was trying to get you out of here early today. Oh, this is a good one. What what other surprise do we get? What do we got so far? We've got, we've got reconciliation. We've got forgiveness. We've got righteousness. And we've got faith. Wait a minute, preacher. I thought you said that. Our faith is what gives us righteousness, so that means that it belongs to me, right? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 1, which is where we'll be going in this s- not-so-distant future. Simon Peter, remember the guy we've been preaching about forever? A servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God, and our Savior Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse number 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me that every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So where does our faith come from? It's a gift from God. For by grace are you saved through faith, it is a gift of God. Our very first, back in Ephesians chapter number 2. So even our faith that saves us and enables us to grab this bag of salvation is a gift from God. What a surprise that is. We, we didn't even have that. Think about that for a minute. I, we don't even have enough faith of our own. But every man's been given a measure of faith. I use this illustration. It kind of made our coffee really strong one week because I got it wrong. (laughs) But our coffee we have downstairs has a scoop in it. We use, I'm not for sure how much. I haven't made coffee here in a while, but I think it's like a scoop. A little. (laughs) A scoop and a little. But we try to make the coffee the same tartness every week, and it keeps it the same. That's a measure. Anybody make cookies today? It's morning, get up and make cookies. Anybody bring, nobody brought cookies for us? Uh, nobody brought cookies? Man, you're saving them for New Year's night, right? When you make cookies, you use a measure, all kinds of different measures. It's the same equal amount, and if you don't, it's a catastrophe, trust me. It'll be runny flat ones, or there'll be puffy dry ones. You have to use that measure. Well, God has given each and every one of us the same measure of faith. Well, how is it possible that they teach evolution? Where does an atheist or an agnostic come into play if we've all been given the same amount of faith? you know what Christians often say it takes a lot more faith to believe in that than it does this book. No, it, it takes the same amount of faith. Here's the secret. That agnostic or atheist, they place all their faith in that. And sometimes the weak Christian will place a little bit of faith in the book place a little bit of faith maybe in themselves they might put a little bit of faith in their church or their preacher or whatever it is because christians are really good at delegating faith maybe put a little bit of faith in baptism a little bit of faith in their own goodness in their own righteousness no no no. you put all your faith in god because he gave you that faith and he expects that faith in return good gift good gift what a surprise what else we got in here oh these are all red letters Oh, I was hoping this one come out last. Lord must have want it right now. <laughs> we're casting lots in the message this morning. A home in heaven. That's why most of us got saved, isn't it? If if we were to take a poll and say why, if you're saved, why did you get saved? And I guarantee you, that's why I got saved. I want to go to heaven. That, that's that was why I want. Anybody else same? Is that why you got saved? You want to go to heaven? Yeah, that's like that's the good stuff. See, that's a surprise. we get all this other stuff we weren't even expecting. A home in heaven, red letters. John chapter number 14, verse number 2. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it, were not, if it were not, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's what Jesus is doing right now. He's building my house in heaven. John chapter 14, verse number 3 continues and said, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there." Ye may be also. That's in heaven. That's that's what we get. That's a get. That, this is the one we thought we were getting. Like when you open it up and oh, it's it's a flashlight. I, I need. Well, look at this. It's got a knife that pops out. Oh, a measuring. It's like the survival kit for all ages. That's exactly what salvation is. So we were looking for that home in heaven. We got so much more, and we're keeping on going. <clears throat> oh, I love this one. Sanctification. Sanctification. Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 14 says, "For by one offering he hath perfected uh, for ever them that are sanctified." First uh, Corinthians chapter six verse number 11 says, "And such were some of you, but ye are washed. The sum of you," he, he goes previous, goes through a list of just vile wow, wicked sinners, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified." But ye are justified in the name of Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. What in the world does sanctified mean? You know what sanctified means. If you're married, you better know what sanctified means. Sanctified means this. Set apart unto one person. Set apart, pulled out of the herd. If you've ever moved cattle and you're getting one out, how, how easy is that to do? (laughs) it's not easy at all if you are in the herd of the world god pulls you out separates you from the world unto himself that's what sanctification is sanctification means to him only and him to you only that's what marriage is You, you don't treat other people like you do your spouse do you Sometimes that's not always a good thing. (laughs) I I throw that in there. I keep myself honest. (laughs) But we should not treat other people like we treat our spouse. Am I right? She should be sanctified to me. She shouldn't talk to other men like she talks to me. She shouldn't look at other men like she talks to me. I shouldn't talk to other women like I talk to her. I shouldn't look at other women like I talk to her. We are sanctified together. We are set apart for each other. That's sanctification. Aren't you glad that God pulls you out of the world and treats you different than he does other people? Aren't you glad that God pulls you out of the world that draws us unto himself and separates us from the rest of the world? That's what a gift. I wasn't expecting that. I didn't bow down at an altar somewhere and say, Lord, I'd love to be sanctified. Would you save me? This is bonus. This is surprise. This is the gift of salvation that keeps on giving. Sanctification lasts forever. We're always separated... Away from the world, none to him. Oh, here's a big one. Oh, we, we got a twofer here. We just read this word in that last verse. <clears throat> Justification. Oh, we got to get the dictionary out for this one. Justification. To pardon, to cl- clear of guilt. To abstain or acquit from guilt and merit punishment. To accept as righteous on an account and merit of the Savior, or as the application of Christ's atonement of the offender. Justification is a legal term. And you can sum it up as simple as this. Just as if I would have never sinned. It's justification. That's exactly what justification is. It's just as if I would have never sinned. So me being, well, me, I've sinned. I would run if you tried to put my closet on this screen because I have come short of the glory of God. I have sinned. Has anybody in here not ever sinned? Because <laughs> we're going to plug you up to that machine. Cody's got it back there. <clears throat> no, we've all sinned. And we need forgiveness of sin. We've already got that. We need, we need sanctification. We need separated from that sin. We, we need justification from that sin. Just as if I never sinned. Look at that, a, a brand new clean sheet. See how, that, that's like, that brings forgiveness in a whole new light, doesn't it? It's just as if we would have never sinned. It doesn't give us a license to sin. It's not lasciviousness, but it's like we have never sinned before. Because God has removed those sins from us that entitle us, that entail us. Whew, good stuff. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 24 says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. You know, there are so many people. I've got a friend of mine, and uh, I I just recently learned this about him. He he won't eat pork. He goes to church on Saturday, and he follows all the Ten Commandments. And I said, "Do, Do you not understand that the law is our schoolmaster? What's a schoolmaster? It's a teacher. That's what the law is. The law is a teacher. It teaches us of our need for a Savior. Because has has anybody ever kept just the Ten Commandments? Nobody's ever kept the Ten? How how about the other 603 that's on top of this? No, nobody has. It's impossible. The law is our schoolmaster that shows us that we need this gift from God. So, wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Romans 5, 9 says, much more now, being justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Acts chapter number 13, verse number 39 says, And by Him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of moses we need jesus christ to be justified to be forgiven from our sins oh here we go Mm, this is a good one these are all good ones it's such a surprise and there's more in there you're thinking it's 11 after 11 or there's more Uh, adoption adoption anybody ever need to be adopted if you ever needed to be adopted it would put a whole new light on adoption. Maybe if you didn't have a mother and father. Maybe if you just had a mother and you needed a a different father. That's adoption. For Romans chapter number 8 verse number 15 says, For ye have not received, there it is, that gift, the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. What does that mean? That means that when we were born, we were not born into the family of God. That despise what television and preachers say, that we're not all children of God. That when you were born, you were born enemies to God, and you were born in the family of the devil. What? Well, the Bible says that we are like our father, the devil, and the lusts of our father we will do. That's what we're born into. We are born into the family of Satan. Well, nobody told me that. Have you not seen my little kids that aren't saved? They're like little devils. <laughs> we were all born into that family. That's not a very good family to live in. It's like hanging out with... <laughs> I didn't like to hang out with that family at Christmas. That's not very enjoyable, is it? Maybe that's the in-laws. I don't know. <laughs> but... God did not leave us in that state. He opened His arms, opened His doors, opened His house for us to come in. And we don't just call Him stepdad or we don't just call Him Rick that we live in. We don't just call Him that. No, no, no. The Bible says that we call Him Abba, Father. Father. He becomes our Father. That's great. John chapter 1, verse number 12 says, But as many as receive Him... To them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. That's how you're adopted into the family of God. You're not born into it. Ooh, let's keep going. We've got surprises coming left and right in here. Oh, <clears throat> what, do we got? what do we got going? Everybody keeping track? Anybody writing notes? We've got forgiveness. We've got reconciliation. We've been brought back into this righteousness Faith, sanctification, home in heaven, justification, adoption and redemption. Redemption, deliverance from bondage, distress, or from a libel or any evil of fortitude, either by huh, I mean, it's stuck a verse in there, either by labor or by other means. That's what reconciliation is, I, I believe that we are reconciled, we are basically bought. Bought with a price. i uh, get a little political here for a minute. Uh, how many presidents in the last, like, ten, or the last four, four have said that they will bring the United States uh, uh, embassy, thank you, thank you, thank you, embassy back to Jerusalem? All of them. <laughs> It just happened last week. Do you, do you know the significance of that and the importance of that? Because that hill was not just taken in defeat by David three thousand years ago. No, David bought it. Hey, when you buy something, it's really yours. Am I right? It, it's no longer disputed. It's title deed. It, it's yours. That would be a sorry thing for somebody to come on your property and say, I want this, get out. No, I've got the title deed to it. I bought this place. I purchased it. David purchased Jerusalem after he took it through battle. That's like double occupancy, if you ask me. <clears throat> and it has the world mad about it. What is that? He's redeemed it. It's deliverance. <clears throat> so back to uh, this. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 14, and says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness, there it is again, of sins. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 7, In whom you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Romans chapter 3 verse number 24 says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. We were bought. We were bought with a price. We are no longer in debt to God. Well, how did that happen? For the wages of sin is death. That's all I've got. That's the only money I have. I can't buy back one sin. I can't buy my way to heaven. I can't buy anything. Like my credit card is maxed out. (laughs) We all know what that's like, right? (laughs) My credit card's maxed out. And besides that, they don't take American Express here. What? That happened to the sheets village don't go to the village take american express you'll have to buy their dinner which i didn't he had another card i said "Whew, good but <laughs> but you and i we have a debt that we we can't pay we don't have any way to pay for it but god said this i have a way i'll buy your bondage i'll buy your servitude i'll buy your debt and i'll do that with jesus christ he redeemed us he bought us he paid for us Got to keep going. Oh, we're just, just a few left. Oh, no, there's more than that. Uh, regeneration. What in the world does that mean? Regeneration. 2 Corinthians verse number 5, verse number 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Oh, I'll take some of that. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 23 says, being born again. That's what regeneration is. Being born again. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. That's the kind of born again that you need. Well, that's just a Baptist. That's just Baptist Baptists, the only ones talking about. Oh no, no. Born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He said, you must be born again. What does that mean? That means that you and I are born fleshly. That, that's, that's all we think about is flesh. The only thing we try to nurture is flesh. You talk to, some, you talk to the fleshly people about spiritual things and they have no understanding. What are all, what's this big old stack? What is this? These are not fleshly gifts. These are spiritual gifts. And only a spiritual being will understand spiritual gifts. In fact, Jesus told Nicodemus that very same thing. He said, said, spiritual things are only understood by spiritual things. It's like the wind. You can't see it, but you can feel it. You know it and you understand it. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be regenerated. Because this spirit and soul that I had needs a makeover. It, It needed some fixing up. It needed to be regenerated, made new again. That's what regeneration is. It, it's made new. It's made over. Regeneration. Oh, hurry up. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it, listing. <coughs> we're going to make it, Liston. <laughs> <coughs> hope. What? That was in here? I didn't get saved to have hope. Do you, do you know the society that we live in today is a hopeless society? They have no hope. And, 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 and since, we, since the flesh and since our society, we, we have no hope, we kind of had to redefine what hope means. I did look it up. We look at hope as, oh, I hope that we have, oh, I hope that the prime rib roast that's in the oven right now does not burn. That's I hope that. I hope that's. We, we, we interchange hope and wishing you guys all want to go home with us now, don't you? <laughs> we, we interchange hope and wishing, two separate things. Wishing is something that's out of our control. Wishing is, is irrelevant. Wishing is like throw it up in the wind and see where it lands. That, that's wishing. No hope is this, confidence in a future event. Now, I hope that the prime rib roast is not burnt. I have no control of that. I'm not real confident of that because Christy called her dad on the way to church this morning to get the times and the temperatures and stuff. So I'm pretty confident in her abilities and her cooking skills, but kind of out of my control, isn't it? But confident in a future event, the highest degree of well-founded expectations. How can I have hope? Because I understand it's nothing that I do. It's everything that Jesus Christ has done. That's the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. It's not wishing. First Peter chapter three verse number fifteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Oh, there it is. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Do you know what will change your Christian experience? Some hope. Some hope. Some confidence in God. Some confidence in Scripture. Some confidence in Jesus Christ that will change your Christian experience. Hope, not wishing, not wanting, but knowing. You know it in your knower. That's hope. First Peter chapter number one, verse number twenty-one says, "By uh, who by him do believe in God? and raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God." First Peter chapter one, verse number three says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's hope. We have no hope without Jesus Christ. That's why this world is suffering so much. That's why Christianity is so weak is because the hope we have should be built on nothing less than Jesus Christ's righteousness. Somebody ought to write a song about that, I think. That's where it's based at. And this bag could go on and on. That's the spiritual aspect of it. What, what about the goodness of God? Remember what God said His glory was last week is His goodness? How, how good has God been to you? How good has God been to me? <coughs> Way better than I deserve. How good has God been to this church? You know, we're rolling into five years now. We're still kind of a baby church. We ought to be potty trained by now. <laughs> we, we ought to be eating some solid foods by now we ought to be we're still not quite where you can leave them with a lighter in the house yet i don't i don't think we should do that (laughs) but but how how god how good has god been to this church you know i i i just kind of get excited telling people about every just the just the physical aspect about this church just that but the spiritual aspect about this church Uh, i was asking talking to a guy just this week he said how's the church going i said It is going absolutely great. Like to see the change in people's lives, to see people's hope grow, to see the sanctification aspect of it, that's what a preacher looks at as a church. The building, the Christmas wallpaper, I mean, that's great. (laughs) That's great. That's stuff. But how good has God been to this church? Mercy. That's a gift that's in this bag is mercy, not getting what we do deserve. That's like the opposite of goodness, isn't it? Just grace, grace alone. We could preach weeks and weeks and weeks on grace, mercy, and then truth. Don't you always want truth? I want truth. We get that when we get saved. It's no longer fallacies of fake religions and cults and anything. No, it's the truth from God's Word. And that we can know it, and there it is, comes right back to all Scripture is given by inspiration of God I, I got in the front of this Bible I bought it for myself but it says First Timothy 3.16 because that's where this Bible came from it's a gift of God there's more in there but that's what that's the surprise of salvation aren't you glad for salvation where would, where would we be without it we, we, we ought to get a little more Pentecostally in here like this is good this is great Hey, without salvation, we would be doomed and damned to a place called hell that we don't belong, that wasn't made for us. Hey, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what God wants. That's what God desires. So as we celebrate this Christmas season, the most wonderful time of the year, somebody ought to write a song about that too. Remember that it's not about the vinyl cutters. It's not about the shotguns. No, it's not about the shotguns. I wonder if she got me a shotgun. I don't know what I got yet. Her surprise is blown. My surprise is still waiting. It's not about all the prime rib bros. It's it's not about any of that. It's about the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The greatest gift that's ever been given in the history of mankind. It truly is the gift that keeps on giving. We don't even, we haven't even scratched the surface. So much more there is to us. Do, do you realize this home in heaven that most of us, the reason we got saved, we have no earthly, fathomly idea what that will be like. It will, it will absolutely blow your mind. And then, then the glory of God to be revealed that we, we, we can't even comprehend. We, we don't even know what glory is. But the glory of God that's to be revealed, when we see that, when we see Jesus face to face, wh- what will that be like? If you can't get excited about gifts at Christmas, that that will make you think, like, this is the greatest thing going. Is this the greatest thing going? Wow. This is the greatest thing going. Let's pray, and then we'll get out of here. Let's do that. If you're not saved, you can do that right there at your seat. We're not going to have an invitation. We're not going to have any churchy stuff. You just ask God to forgive you, and he'll do it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us this morning, this Christmas season. Lord, What a blessing it would be if someone in here this morning is not saved and they decided to give back to you their heart. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ and Lord, this greatest gift that was ever given and Lord, what Christmas is all about and the reason we give each other gifts, Lord, this gift of salvation, Lord, this gift of adoption, Lord, the gift of sanctification, righteousness, Lord, the hope that we have, the home in heaven, and, Lord, the goodness in life and just a whole new change in spirit and outlook and everything. Lord, we thank you so much for it, Lord. Your ways are so much higher than our ways. And the surprise of salvation should never get old to anybody. Lord, we ought to be surprised every day when we get up and see your goodness. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for these folks. We thank you. Lord, we just can't thank you enough. And, Lord, we love you. And we know that the reason that we love you is because you first loved us. And we thank you for that, Lord. We pray that you watch over us today. Lord, to help us have a good time with family over this next couple days, that you bring us back Wednesday night. And, Lord, uh, I just pray that you would be in everything we say and do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.